0: Next on Community Matters, a middle-of-the-night tornado in Calhoun County.
1: Here we are at 1 o'clock in the morning, can't see anything, trying to make sure that the loader doesn't get tangled up in a live electrical line.
0: Sheriff Steve Hinckley also has words of caution. This is a
1: scammer's dream right now.
0: Also coming up, the Battle Creek Community Foundation says goodbye to its longtime leader in just a few weeks. I wouldn't change it for the world here in Battle Creek. Brenda Hunt joins us coming up, and also Wigglytail Tail. Coming up as well on Community Matters for Saturday, March 2nd, 2024. Made possible by Lakeview Ford Lincoln. I'm Richard Pyatt. Welcome. Thanks for coming back to Community Matters on a Saturday on WBCK after the 8 o'clock news or at BattleCreekPodcast.com. Happy that you find us there instead or as well it's all made possible by lakeview ford lincoln richard pyatt with you and uh, we'll start this week talking about uh, wow a weather event in calhoun county that we don't see too often and certainly not in february what has now been confirmed to have been a tornado that touched down just this week in Marengo township and a portion very small portion of marshall township as well sheriff steve hinckley's back with us today to talk about how all of that unfolded and the response. Sheriff, good morning. Good morning, sir. Well, this is uh, something for which the emergency response prepares, but maybe doesn't expect in February. And uh, this is what we were looking at.
1: Yes. I mean, where where can you go and say... have a tornado in february 12 hours later it's snowing it's a nighttime tornado which which is also unusual so we ended up with an ef1 tornado which was packing winds of about 110 miles per hour it was on the ground for about 5.5 miles and it was uh, around 300 yards wide for all those reasons this was just a, a terrible a terrible event and and I want to make sure first that there was a lot of families that were impacted by this. And I want to say first off, just our, you know, our thoughts and prayers uh, to the families that were affected by this. The other thing I wanted to point out is this, this was relatively injury free. We did identify one injury. It was very minor at the event during the assessment process. Pretty amazing that there was no fatalities with this event.
0: Yeah, I sure did get lucky on that, particularly with the nighttime part. I mean, if you think about what happens when these events take place during the day, there is all kinds of preparation, as much as we can anyway. The potential for it is there, weather alerts that happen, these sort of things. And as you're going about your day, there's really a lot more ways we're alerted by these things than we used to be. But if you think about sleeping, most people are asleep at this time, a lot of people are and so maybe they're not hearing those alerts. This had to have been a concern.
1: Yeah, so so that's why it's important. Number one, um, the National Weather Service has a has an excellent alerting system. And I've talked to so many people that said, you know, my phone started blaring at night and woke me up. That's a good thing, right? Right. And then uh, I've talked to other people that have said, you know, we've heard the sirens. And then other people that said we didn't hear the sirens. That's why it's so important to focus on making sure that you have your alert settings uh, correct. You're, you're subscribing to different systems that are available in your area for alerting. Sometimes we get a little complacent and sometimes we get tired. You, you get an alert and it says, oh my goodness, we're gonna get some bad weather event. And, th- and then it doesn't turn out to be that bad. You get to that point where you're like, I, I'm really not concerned anymore. And then the fifth one is terrible, right? Sometimes the weather event may happen north of you or south of you, but it, and it may make you f- feel you're in a position where, well, it didn't happen to me this time, but we really have to stay focused on it, and especially in February. Who's going to expect this? So not only is this February, but we're more comfortable because we, we don't expect it to happen.
0: So how do you handle it then? You know the potential is there for this kind of weather. What kind of preparations do you take?
1: Yeah, so I think on the preparation side, we are we continue to encourage people to make sure that you monitor correctly. We are preparing so internally. So the sheriff's office also oversees the, the emergency management division. And so what's important for us that we are prepared and ready for these type of events? What does that mean? our county, when we, when you talk about hazard mitigation and hazards to occur, our county right now, number one thing is weather. And so we focus on that as being our number one hazard and we focus on training and working with our staff. Our emergency management coordinator, Chris Young, does an excellent job. And what it's important to understand is when we talk staff, almost the entire majority of his staff are volunteers. And I always come back to this every time we talk. I want to remind our community that volunteering is one of the most important things. It is the fabric of the community to volunteer and to be involved in what's happening in your community. So our volunteers in this in this time really came in in a pretty critical situation. Preparation wise, that's that's how we're set up. We have an emergency command area. We activated that emergency command for this uh, particular event for a certain reason, and so we're pretty ready for this. We've uh, installed new equipment. We've purchased new equipment. We have upgraded our uh, EOC. We have computers, monitors, we have a, a ham radio system, but uh, we just updated that last year with uh, with some grant funds. And so, you know, we, we're prepared. I think we're ready, but don't get me wrong. There's always a challenge during one of, the, one of these events, and it's usually an unexpected challenge that we have to divert and figure out how we can solve that problem during the event.
0: And so when it was happening, you had boots on the ground monitoring the conditions, right?
1: Right, we did. Uh, there was a spotter that noticed the uh, the tornado, and there was also a law enforcement official, which is good. As we're monitoring this event, um, we're working with the National Weather Service monitoring, but to have that boots on the ground to see this event occurring and confirm it is so important. Once that was confirmed, uh, deputies, troopers, Ringo fire, everyone started to respond into the area and that's when uh uh, that's when we discovered that the the roads were blocked trees everywhere uh homes damaged barns damaged i think it's important to understand how everything comes together and how everybody works together and this is important and this is so important in the pre-planning so now we're in a position that we can't get into this area unless we get in by foot So we reached the Cowan County Road Commission, and the Cowan County Road Commission is, I mean, they are there quickly with heavy equipment. Uh So now we've got loaders basically moving all these trees and allowing the deputies and troopers and fire department to get access to these areas uh, quicker. And then they're kind of going door to door, making sure that uh, we have no injuries. So here we are at one o'clock in the morning you yeah. can't see anything. We're trying to make sure that the loader doesn't get tangled up in a live electrical line because if there's live wires, they we can't move through that. We've got to readjust and go to another road. So there's so many different tricky factors that it, that really is occurring during these events. And so they're going door to door checking to make sure that there's no one injured And we really didn't know the gravity of this event until daylight, sun comes up, and we can really see the major impact that occurred.
0: It sounds like your number one piece of advice for folks when there's this kind of weather potential at night is to make sure that you have some kind of alerting system set up. That is to say, if you're a smartphone carrier, there's a way to designate that weather alerts wake you up so that you're aware of of uh, the need to take cover. There used to be those weather radios too remember that uh, would would suddenly blare when there was an alert like that at night. Is that still something you see and recommend?
1: Still there, but a lot of people are they're converting that weather radio into your phone. Your yeah. phone can almost do everything. So, and you bring up an interesting point, our vehicles and our and our homes have have really transitioned into being more soundproof. If you're on the outskirts of a siren area, or you're out in the country and you have a siren available, you just have to remember and you say, well, I didn't hear the siren. Our homes, we build things differently. They're Mm -hmm. more soundproof. And so that's why it's always important to have a backup plan. So you, you may think you have a siren outside, but can you hear that siren during the winter when your house is closed up, all your windows are closed, you've got your heat on, you've got your 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 sound thing on so you can sleep, right? <laughs> you've got right. all these distracted noises. So to have a backup plan and have another backup plan and have as many different plans available to make sure that you are notified during one of these events is important.
0: Yeah, and those will happen. Those uh, those cell phone alerts if you've got them set. It's going to be loud and and wake you up. I I read some of the reporting on the aftermath of this, and uh, I saw an article, a person who just had enough time to get to his basement or barely enough before the house fell apart. Those alerts are so important
1: right and somebody has has called and said hey i live 10 miles away from the storm and i didn't get an alert well we try to alert whether it's an emergency situation whether it's weather we try to alert people that are going to be affected because when you alert a large area that's not affected we fall into that category of it didn't happen to me so why am i waking up it didn't happen last time so we're trying to avoid those it's a hard word to use whether it's false alarms we're trying to Uh, to avoid that large scale alerting because people fall into that category of, it didn't happen this time. It didn't happen next time. Why am I waking up? Why am I doing it? And so, you know, if you, if you live so far out of this event and you didn't get alert, it's because you weren't in the path of this event. So something to think about.
0: That's pretty wild that uh, you can cater those alerts that strategically. So you can see the path of what's coming and know Who's affected by that? What areas? Pretty slick.
1: It is, yes.
0: What about uh, your teams doing their job? You alluded to it a little bit in the middle of all of this, in the dark, and complicated by that, certainly. Did this go off the way that you've practiced?
1: So, um, yes, but we had an unexpected issue. We had our VHF uh, fire radio system fail during this. So mm. essentially, the dispatch center could not communicate with the fire department on scene. So we, we've we got some thoughts on why that happened. So that was down. When we realized that was down, our emergency operations center, so Lieutenant Young, recognized that that is being a significant problem. Sure. And so that Emergency Operations Center, we went into a partial activation. And what that meant is we recognized the issue and we had a backup plan for that. And our backup plan is we had 14 volunteers, and I wanna use the word again, volunteers, who are ham radio operators. Those people were arriving and we were sending Those people to every one of the fire stations in the county, they would have an 800 megahertz radio. So when dispatch could call them and say you have a medical emergency in your community and they would tell the fire department what the problem was and dispatch them. Wow. So we're talking one o'clock in the morning. The wheels were turning and that was happening. All of a sudden, the VHF system came back online and we had a communication. So mm. uh, I had this conversation with some folks on why that happened. And right now, our best guess, now we've got radio communications looking at the tower, but we have to remind ourselves, this tower is very close to this event. Oh, uh-huh. When those high upper li- uh, winds were hitting this tower, we think that the dish or the tower itself was was swaying or flexing so much that it put that dish out of alignment and that VHS system was out of alignment during that significant wind. When the wind passed, it swayed back into a position. So here, here's what's interesting about this. This is the problem that we anticipated occurring, and this is part of the reason that we asked for that 911 millage. We are in line to correct ourselves because we are transitioning all of the fire departments over to the 800 megahertz radio system, which we never lost, which there are two fire departments already on it in the county. We never lost communication with them. And so we are trying to get rid of this VHS system for the exact reason we just talked about. And it is happening and we're moving forward. So we saw the problem. We hoped we never experienced the problem, but we did. And we know how to solve the problem. We're on track to do that.
0: Well, think about the preparations involved in that. The, the idea that you have all of these systems in place, but there's an asterisk that a catastrophic storm could knock out your own communication. And then what? So clearly it's important to have the backup plan you talked about.
1: It sure is. And it's nice to know we can go back to old-fashioned ham radio operation. And you you kind of, we all forget our foundation and we can go back to different communication on top of that, but some of these, some of these, I shouldn't say old type communications or different communications are truly the foundation. When there's a problem, they are the foundation for creating good communication during these emergency situations. So hats off to the ham radio operators, hats off to being a volunteer and being on our team and recognizing that we need this system and we need you to help. It's comforting knowing that we have plans And when problems happen, we usually can adjust and try to figure out how to fix them. Um, And and let me just say this, and that's kind of what cops are. We come into a situation, it's always different, and we just have to figure out how to adjust and how to fix the situation because it's not always the same situation all the time. And so we're pretty prepared for that and we're used to those type of things. But again, we can't do that without volunteers and the people in our community helping us.
0: If someone wants to volunteer to assist, they just need to reach out, right?
1: Yeah, they, yeah, absolutely. They can reach out. We have a CERT program. We have programs that they could certainly help in emergency management. So we always enjoy having good, talented people uh, to, to assist.
0: And we will link the Sheriff's Department website in the show notes at battlecreekpodcast.com so you can click through and uh, express any similar interests that you might have in, in being a part of that. So incredibly, as you said, not a lot of injury situations, no fatalities in this, but that's really something to be grateful for, considering the conditions and the nighttime setup that you were dealing with here.
1: That is incredible. We should be thankful for so many things on this event now, on the flip side, we have to remember there's a lot of families that are their entire lives have been changed, uh, so we can't forget that, but sure, if we focus on Uh, the lack of injuries, you know, things can be replaced, right? I mean, our loved ones, thank goodness, no one perished during this event.
0: So what's left to be done from an investigative standpoint here?
1: We anticipate flying this, completing some additional video for the National Weather Service uh, for their final report and their final estimation of what happened. We kind of transition into a resource agency now. We're there to help and try to provide resources to the people that are affected in this event. So now we're in a position where if there's an issue, if it's a cleanup issue, do they qualify for for some cleanup assistance? Are there organizations that will volunteer and help help with cleanup? The other thing that we're uh, on the resource side is we are working on today, we have to remember this is a scammer's dream right now. And uh, we've had a lot of different organizations, probably legitimate organizations, stopping out asking you know asking to do work and things like that if you're affected by this or you have damage to your home and this goes all the way back into the hail and and, in the battle creek area i mean if you've got roof damage you want to make sure that you're dealing with a legit contractor. If you think you're not, you need to get with a better business bureau and make sure that you are dealing with someone who is licensed, insured, and credible because the scammers come out of the woodwork here, and it's very unfortunate that people try to take advantage. So that's one of the resources that we're keying into. You know, if people have needs of shelter, things like that, we, we will help and try to point people in different directions. So that's kind of the mold that we're transitioning into right now after after our flyover.
0: We'll stay in touch and make sure that uh, we bring updates when necessary, and we appreciate all the uh, response and, and hard work and a volunteer response that took place when this was happening in what really is the middle of the night for a lot of us. Sheriff Steve Hinckley, thank you.